Welcome everyone to your uncensored space to realize God's pace and plan for your life. Conversations and messages from people who are true representations of God's ends and will inspire you to experience and become a God's end for others as well. I'm your host Raymond Chi and this is the God's End Podcast. to the Godsend podcast. My name is Raymond Chi. I'm your host. And t- on today's episode, I have the pleasure of bringing on Matthew Kang, aka Matatui. As some of you may know, um, he is the editor of Eater LA and a host of their YouTube series, K-Town. Um, welcome, Matt. Hey. Hello, hello. Thanks um, for having me. Thank you for coming. So um, before we get begin, I guess um, we'll just touch on like, could you just uh, kind of take us back, I guess, from the beginning, just like kind of how you grew up, your childhood, I guess. Um, yeah, could you start there, please? Yeah, sure. I, um, you know, I was born in Orange County. Uh, my parents came to the U.S. at uh, different times. My, um, they both lived in Brazil mm-hmm. uh, prior, prior to coming to the U.S. They didn't meet there. But um, they met here, and I guess their families kind of arranged a marriage and were like, <laughs> hey, you know. And they were like... Dude, this is so not modern, you know? Like, of course. We don't get set up anymore. Um, wow, I didn't even know that. So I grew up in Orange County, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and my parents are interesting. They have a, like, my dad is has a very, like, Forrest Gump sort of story. Oh, oh yeah. He was all over, and he's he's a, sort of a big character. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I was born in 84 mm-hmm. and uh, and then moved to, El, uh, moved to Glendale, rather, mm-hmm. by the time I was six. So I had, like, a brief moment in uh, Cerritos. Mm-hmm. And like the only thing I can really take away from that time was that Orange County was at the time very white, you know, like very, um, you know, not like what it is today. There's a lot more Asians now. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so growing up in Glendale was fine, you know, just mm-hmm. easy, very comfortable suburban. Um, my par- my dad was a businessman. My mom basically was a house, you know, homemaker, <laughs> you know, and um, everything was great until uh, probably I was. 12 when things started going in a crazy direction um just family wise my parents started changing their career and going into ministry um they were involved in church my my grandfather was um sort of a a a legendary church man he was an elder of young knock presbyterian Mm -hmm. church and he basically was one of the founding elders started uh so if you go drive by you know young knock presbyterian you know you see his legacy mm-hmm. uh it just north of chinatown it's this monument to the korean american church in los angeles and um yeah and so it's kind of crazy like having that legacy of of a grandfather who's just a wonderful man of god um growing up in the church uh, was always a part of me but i think for my parents they sort of had this time of wondering you know after they left young knock when I was a child, they um, sort of did a bunch of things with parachurches. You know, it was the 90s, right? So all the <laughs> Koreans were into the parachurch, you know, yep. Pentecostal movement, yep. a lot of stuff like that. And and then my parents ended up going to Fuller Seminary, which was, I think, a really great, uh, great decision because I think when you are a Korean immigrant, you know, you have this sort of mission is that you come here and you, you be successful, uh, six days a week and then on the seventh day you 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 go to church and then you kill yourself there's no sense of rest there's no sense of family you know um my family wasn't quite in that formula Uh, my dad was very americanized so i grew up playing baseball i uh you know little league yeah you know and my dad speaks perfect Perfect. english you know this like it's very disorienting you know because he's he's very american um even though he's fully (laughs) korean and um, you know, that, that gave me a different, I feel like I'm sort of a third generation Korean in that sense. You know, I my see. Korean is not I see what you mean by perfect. Yeah. So I definitely had some issues with identity. Like, okay, how Korean am I? You know, mm. I'm clearly not white, but, um, you know, I grew up in Glendale, which is a very diverse city. You know, it's not, um, particularly, it wasn't the K-Town crowd that, you know, the, these are the kids yeah, that I saw on, on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Glendale back then was, you know, it was pretty suburban, very diverse, a lot of um, different people groups. So I, I like that, you know. I of think course. that I grew up in a very eclectic, mixed um, upbringing. Um, 
church to me was always this was about community was about hanging out with people you know was having guys that i could look up to you know um because i didn't have an older brother of course um my sister and i were uh yeah we just kind of grew up around church people all the time and so i think everything was more or less good for me i don't think i ended up with any truly traumatic or bad experiences you know yeah um up until even college and even with college i was like okay well where where's the easiest place for me you know and i wanted to go of course like any korean you want to go to like the best possible school ivy leagues or whatever and and uh i was like okay well i got into usc among other schools Mm -hmm. you know and most of my friends were going to USC from high school. So I was like, that sounds great. You know, and they have a really good business program. My dad was like, you should study business. I was like, okay. okay. I had no idea, you know, like, you know, people, people ask you, you know, when you're a teenager, when you're young, you know, what do you want to do? Like, of course. You have no idea, you know, even when all. you're in college, you have no idea. It's stupid. The whole system that we are in, that we are oh, set up in. You. No, it's just not really ideal mm. for, um, I think in life you should be as open as possible to whatever comes up and then just do what you truly love. Um, Hopefully that thing is wholesome and wonderful and upbuilding and, and is useful. Of course, valuable. Uh, Nothing wrong with playing video games all day long. And I like playing video games, but that it's sort of, you know, there's not a lot of ends there, you know, (laughs) that you can use to help other people. Um, so yeah, once I graduated uh, college, I I did I went to do a very predictable career. You know, went to um, work at a bank, private mm-hmm. bank, suit and tie every day. You know, long commute. Good money though. It was it was definitely more money than I. It's not a lot com- to thinking about it today. Oh yeah, of course. As a but single time, man, yeah, in that time, yeah, you know, as a time. single man, you you're living on your own. You know, yeah, you, you have very low expenses. Uh, my favorite thing to do was to go go out to nice restaurants. You know? like, oh, for sure. I was sure. like, I could finally afford eating mm, out, you know. I see. Because going to mean. USC was was a great experience um, being in Los Angeles. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Even though I grew up in L.A., you don't really understand how big and vast L.A. is. Not at all. Because we're in these bubbles, essentially, because California is so – or L.A. is so big. Right. right? And, anything. like, you know, pe- I, people always ask me, like, where'd you grow up? Like, I grew up in Glendale. Like, you know, I didn't really – Specifically, yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't know that much LA, about right? Santa Monica or <laughs> – Venice, or Malibu, Melrose. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, it, it's as foreign to me as anybody in the Midwest, right? Of course. Uh, That's what's crazy, though. Yeah, it is. So yeah. I think being a USC student with a car mm. uh, was really helpful because I could wander on my own. And my Explore. dad did this very smart slash dumb thing where he gave me a gas card, and he's like, "Hey, you know, if you need to fill up your tank, <laughs> blah blah." blah. So I was like, yo, yo that's oh, let's go. That's dangerous, you know? So I was always that guy that was like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. No problem. You know, people love me. And the thing is like, oh, back then, man. you know, I had this reputation where I, I, I knew directions really well. So mm. my nickname was Matt Quest. You know, this is like back no in the way. day. This is the first time I'm hearing this. That's yeah. Awesome, oh, yeah. This, you, you didn't know this because you were too young, yo, you know, but Matt like, your, dude, like your sister yeah, and stuff she, like that. I'm sure she knows, man. Oh. You no, know, it was always like, oh, I, I gotta get home. Oh yeah, Matt can take me home. You know? I don't even even give him directions. You just, just be like, oh, it's over there in Porter Ranch. No problem, I'll take you. Uh, oh, man, and I had geez. this old, um, you know, I drove around this old green Jeep Cherokee oh, five-speed yeah. manual. You know, that thing. Um, sorry, my cacao is going no off. Problem. Um, like, it just being being in college. I learned like what it meant to be. Uh, you know, an Angelino, like mm. be a resident of LA True to understand LA. LA's culture, um, its people, mm. you know, what, what made it wonderful. And to me, it was always Korean food, you know, <gasps> going to USC, you're 10 minutes from K-Town. Oh yeah. That's when I had my first real K-Town experiences. Mm. Um, not so much the, the nightlife part, <laughs> you know, that was later. That's what everyone's thinking. Yo, we're talking yeah, about food. Yeah, yeah I'm just talking man. about the restaurants. I'm not talking about the bar scene will come Everyone up later. immediately thought of beer, alcohol, booze. Hey, you know, and that's going to come up. You know, that, that for happened sure, for, for, sure, for, sure, for sure. Like, you know, I think for me, um, experiencing great Korean food, you know, I didn't really have a lot of great Korean food at home, mm. uh, namely because... Like I said, my parents, my dad cooked American food, you know, like he made steak and like 
Bra- they made a lot of Brazilian food, Brazilian oh, yeah. barbecue. Oh. It was amazing. Let's not complain, but yeah. But like, yeah, and my mom, like, I love my mom. She's mm. not like a cook first <laughs> kind of a mom, you know? You know what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is your mom like that too? Kind of, because she's notorious to ask people for recipes. Like, how do you do this? Or oh, how see, do you my do mom this? doesn't. I mean, she, she'll, she'll learn something from my dad. You know, like no how way. to make kalbi oh, I see. So you your know, dad really was like a chef. Like, well, he, yeah, he was really good at cooking. Is you know? that kind of where you drew your kind of like for sure? For food I mean, he, anything? my dad loved food. My mom and dad love food. Oh, of course, yeah. But like, it's different in the typical Korean way. I mm. think because my dad grew up in the U.S. and also Brazil, and my mom, Brazilian food is amazing. Super different than Korean food. So, you know, things like pasta and italian food which are a big part of brazilian of course um i had all the time growing up so it just it was a very different experience i didn't eat a lot of traditional food of course korean food except for when i went to visit my grandma so it's like a different appreciation for food in that aspect right exactly and Mm -hmm. so you sort of come up with korean food you're you're familiar with it but then when you go to koreatown you get to choose what you want to oh, eat because yeah. you know when you go to restaurants with your parents they order for they you are, you already know yeah okay. you're like oh you just, you just end up with whatever the why the do scraps. you give me the menu here you go right <laughs> back to you yeah. you know and then when you go on your own you know it's like oh wow like i gotta i gotta oh, choose you know like experience. what is this chige mm. like what is this uh torium? you know i it's a whole rebirth and and so i think I took that passion for Korean food. I really ate at a lot of Korean restaurants. Korean food's pretty affordable. Mm. As a college student, you know, you can't go out to all these fancy restaurants. Of course. So back to like, uh, you know, when I was working at the bank. Uh huh. Every day, I was at the time living in Eagle Rock, and I um, instead of driving home, that's a long drive from Beverly Hills <sighs> to Eagle Rock. It's killer. Wow. It's an hour and a half rush hour. Come on, let's we're not even. T- oh. It's awful, you know. And I and this is before like podcasts and <laughs> youtube and whatever wonderful forms of <laughs> entertainment that are available when are in our cars we're talking only radios or cd displays, oh yeah right? exactly yeah I, I, you know my burn <laughs> cds burn and crap geez. like skipping and everything it was horrible so um yeah i mean my my daily endeavor was trying to figure out what do i eat tonight which cool <sighs> restaurant do i go to and i also met a lot of people in the in the same this same community you know mm. of like oh there's like food you know before foodie was a thing yeah man and i hate that term but like but oh, sorry it's a thing yeah it is man. and it's sorry, the thing man. the only reason why i don't like it <laughs> yeah, is because please, it's, it's not like everyone says they're like i hate when <laughs> somebody goes oh you're you're right about food i'm a foodie i'm like really like show me your badge you know, like, show me how how much you truly love food. Yo, watch out, man. Someone's going to flash a foodie badge at Yo, you. I don't, day, man, you I know, if you told me right now I'm a foodie, I wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, dude, I, I got bigger, you know, whatever, this. Now, if it was a couple years ago, I would have believed you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, you know? yeah, but for what, sure, yeah. What I'm trying to say uh-huh, uh-huh. is that I think the it became a hobby. You know, it was this thing where I was truly passionate about. I spent most of my day, if I wasn't actually working, reading up on it pursuing um you know like whatever i could whatever experiences i could from a culinary perspective i was all about it so it was more than the clout chasing essentially at that time well yeah because it wasn't cool yeah it wasn't cool it wasn't in at that time my my coworkers, i would talk to them i would be like hey Uh you know there's this cool new restaurant beverly hills it just opened i just read about it Uh on on la times food section they'll be like yo i'm just gonna get chipotle today i'm like (laughs) It's the fourth day you've gotten Chipotle this week. How many times can you have that crappy barbacoa thing? It's not even really barbacoa, you know? And so I thought it was really funny that, um, you know, thinking of even 11 years ago, Uh 12 years ago, how restaurants and dining was not, was a very niche, you know? And now I think restaurants and dining and chefs are very much a, a, a part of your cultural capital. You know, your badge, it's something you wear, You something you show. Oh, I've been there. You know, I know about that food. I've had that kind of food before. I know that chef, stripes, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. It's it's what gives you a bit of, like, cultural credibility in the same way I think music was maybe 15, 20 years ago. Sure. You know, you'd be like, oh, I saw that band. I know that indie, whatever. Like, I was there. I heard them before. I saw them live. <laughs> been like, there, done that. And that's still important. But, like, I think food has gotten close to that level of oh, cultural yeah, relevance. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Where you get, like... Chrissy Teigen, like, people are like, what is she famous for? 
I mean, she was a supermodel, but like now, but what is she famous for? She's yeah. famous now because she's a food person. Exactly. Didn't she come out with like a cookbook and stuff? She has, too, she right? has two cookbooks. And, yeah, there uh, you go. You know, she got into this big uh, Twitter spat with Allison Roman, a cookbook <laughs> writer. Really? Oh yeah, like um, I did not hear about that. Part. It was a big controversy a couple of um, months ago. Uh-huh. It seems so distant now, but like there was this cookbook author or and uh recipe writer named Alison Roman, Roman uh-huh. and she writes for the New York Times okay. and she basically like called out Chrissy Teigen and also um Whoa. Marie Kondo you know yeah, for like the- selling out you know and I was like dude you're a white woman like how do you how dare you call out these you know two two Asian exactly, women exactly essentially um but it was this big controversy and the big takeaway was like look okay don't ever criticize Chrissy Teigen Ooh. and Marie Kondo. They're extremely beloved, you know. Exactly, and fan base. You're too. never going to win that on Twitter, you know. Like, they, they are the Twitter mafia. And I think Marie Kondo, by the way, probably didn't care. Nah, she was like, she probably even understand the tweet. She was like, I, I'm going to just go back to fixing, <laughs> fixing this mess, you know. Um, so I think uh, I love I love the food world, you know. I love the food oh, yeah. um, culture. I love mm. being in it. It's it. Now, now that I'm in it, I mean, I've skipped a lot of years, but I feel like I'm not working. You know, I just sort of, of do what I would normally do, even if I was doing some more menial job. Mm-hmm. You know, I would still be as interested and as passionate about the food world. You know, but it's not just a job to you, because I, I remember I heard you say multiple times like this is like when you're talking to a camera and you're eating, right? Essentially, right? Mm. Come on, man, it, it's the dream. Man. I mean, K Town. K-Town, the show, mm-hmm. came about because uh, it's very interesting. and uh, Not many people know this backstory. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Please. If you what happened know. a couple of years ago was that I started working at Eater full-time, but they still allowed me to you know, pitch to other publications or oh, whatnot. So what had happened was I um, had this idea. I was like, you know what? Like, Korean barbecue is a big Oh yeah, so, especially during that. It's time. like a subculture. Yeah. Right. Especially all you can eat. Like it was a game, you know, amongst. Yeah. Don't don't tell me how many <laughs> how many times you went. You know, like it was like a thing. You go with your buddies. You already know about. Yep. All you Disgusting can eat. Disgusting amount. Like, yes. Yeah, and it was a challenge. Like, how can I bankrupt this place? <laughs> right. It was like, how do I make them suffer? How do I make them fear oh, me? Oh, this is the real talk right here. Right. And uh-huh. so I think, like, you know, I think I wanted to document that mm. i wanted to talk about how korean barbecue is as interesting of a food subculture as burgers and pizza and hot dogs or whatever people you know american white people american people <laughs> care about and i pitched a story to lucky peach and lucky peach basically turned me down um so i was like okay i wrote a story about it it did really really well on eater but one of my one of the producers the video producers at eater was like hey what do you think about doing like a small like four part series just explaining Korean barbecue like the know? basics we're talking yeah, about yeah and right? this is like pre you know other youtube people talking about Korean barbecue i'm sure it existed in korea i'm sure there were youtube videos about it but we're talking 4 years ago yeah to actually go down and have you know two big cameras you know, doing beautiful shots of, of Korean barbecue, barbecue and then the right asking way. a Korean person, not like a white person <laughs> or like a non-Korean person to explain it. Yeah. Um, it was a big deal. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it was a big deal for Eater and for YouTube mm-hmm. for for someone to go and represent our food and to talk about, um, basically contextualize it mm-hmm. and to make it so that it was such a palpable, wonderful experience. Um and so I did four episodes, and it was my first time ever producing video, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But I will say that um, the, the series was extremely success, successful. Yeah. And the most successful one that I did from that first season was a story, or was a video I did about basically saying that Korean barbecue is better in the U.S. than it is in Korea. Yep, I remember that video. Mm-hmm. And like even to this day, I mean, I get it's like I'm getting millions of views or something. I'm like getting that. criticism from people in Korea, like you have no idea what you're talking about, like you're so <laughs> wrong. And I, I mean, wow. I had, oh yeah, I have like there was this guy. Um, I think his name is Zen Gimchi or something like that. He he's this white tour guide dude personality and based uh-huh. in Seoul and. He called me out on YouTube. He like made a video and was saying how oh wrong gosh, it was. Response video, huh? Right, and this is like years <laughs> later. I was like, well, I forgot about it. Come on, now, seriously. So we ended up having this chat, and I was like, look, you know, how well do you know uh, 
LA's Korean, Korean barbecue. barbecue yeah. And um, a lot of them would be like, oh, I, I, I live in Korea. And I was like, well, I mean, you can't really talk. And I admittedly, I hadn't experienced a lot of Korean barbecue in <laughs> Korea. Um, so I, I, I had in the past, like briefly and at some places, and it was fine. But it, like, it wasn't, at least 10 years ago even, or 15 years ago, it wasn't as big of a deal. Of course, that um, difference wasn't, yeah, of course. Right, I think Korean bar, barbecue in Korea is like a pretty new phenomenon in terms of how far they're taking, taking it, yeah. you know? And I finally realized how far it had come when I did my final season of K-Town. Mm -hmm. I, was, I did it in Korea. We did it in Seoul. And I went to uh, Born and Bred, which mm. is one of the most famous, famous. You know, they do they they take it to. They're the goats. Korean barbecue to this logical <laughs> extreme, you know. <laughs> and like the thing is, people don't know, but that video shoot was an absolute train wreck. Really? Oh yeah! Like if you watch the video, uh -huh. it seems more or less fine, but like actually. I'm dying. <laughs> it's a horrible experience. Not the food. The food is fantastic. Yeah, of course. But what, what was the? What so was let me the tell you. Let uh -huh. me tell you the story. So, we go there. Now I've shot 62 episodes of my show all Oof. over the country. I'm like, dude, this is it. I'm here. I'm at one, arguably the world's best Korean barbecue mm -hmm. place. They specialize in Hanu, which is you know a Korean uh, wagyu, right? Produced. Well, no. I mean, I wouldn't even say it that way. I would just say it's Korean beef. You know, oh, Hanu just is, Hanu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanu means Sorry, Korean beef. Me. Yeah, Korean beef. But it is, if familiar to somebody, it would be Wagyu style. Yeah, right? there we go. But it's much different than Wagyu. It's much more intensely flavored. Oh. It's delicious. <laughs> it's fatty, but it has the beef flavor to match, which is different than Wagyu. Like, Wagyu is just... Fat. fat you know just fat <laughs> off fat you know I, and i should say this cause i actually had wagyu this morning like wow excuse breakfast. us excuse us mad wow wow it's the, not that, every day i have wagyu for that, breakfast that, today i had wagyu for breakfast oh um, man that foodie life sorry about that yeah, I'll, I'll give you some before we oh, leave oh too um, funny but yeah please. i'm serious i'm gonna give you <laughs> but uh so anyways so we go to the shoot mm. and we show up and this guy he rolls up in a range Rover sport in <sighs> In Seoul, you know, okay. the owner, he's wearing a Gucci All sweater. In. Okay. I'm like, you're, you're the owner <laughs> of this place? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing here? I'm like, we're here for a, to do a video shoot. We came from the United States. He was like, my publicist told me that, uh, you know, it was gonna, just going to be a photo shoot, you know, 30 minutes tops. We're like, yo, we got like four camera people. We got me. We have a handler. Uh, we are. Like a whole crew, basically. Yeah. It's a whole crew. Like, I'm like. It's going to be three or four hours minimum. Yeah, literally. And he was furious. He was like, no, like, oh, I, I'm opening my restaurant tonight, which is like, okay, I didn't, sorry, we came on the night that your restaurant's opening. Jeez. He didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and he was extremely irritated. We were irritated. I wanted to leave. I was like, screw <laughs> this. I'm out of here. You know? Excuse me. Basically, he was a dick. He was a dick. <laughs> he was a total dick. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah. And like... I'm probably now banned from that restaurant forever if he hears this podcast. Blacklisted Matatui. Now, now I will say, uh -huh. once he f accepted his fate that we were going to be there and record yeah. this video, like it was an amazing experience. I mean, he, I want to fix your mic, just like adjust it towards you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Perfect. <clears throat> like he, he definitely had the best, some of the best meat I've ever had in my life. Hanu is. Absolutely delicious. He prepares everything like right in front of you, almost like an omakase, omakase chef. chef you know? right. Wow. And he's, every little cut, too. yeah, it's like perfectly curated. I mean, it's absolutely delicious. He dry ages the honey, which intensifies the flavor oh, even course. more, you know, yeah. than like fresh. It's it's really, really incredible. And I was like, wow, I feel like I reached the pinnacle of, of my career. Mm. And I was like, it's I'm just going to go out like Jordan, like on top, you know? Like, <laughs> Mic drop, baba yeah. out. <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. So I haven't recorded any videos since, mm. you know, but I will say that um, the legacy that it created, not that I ever thought about that, but, you know, being, do. being a Korean food writer, talking about Korean food, talking about Korean food in America, you know, not just in Korea, um, was an incredible honor and, and, and a wonderful thing that, you know, I, I look fondly on. Um, and I'm glad that it made a, a lasting impact for a lot of Korean communities. You know, I still get 
people in Dallas and Atlanta and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Philly, people going like, oh, you know, like Chris Cho, um, who's a chef in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. he's like trying to be like, he's like TikTok famous. He's like over a million followers. Jeez. You got to follow Escal- this guy. Is he a scholar? The scholar guy? No, 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 no. That's Chris O. Oh, that's Chris O. Yeah. Sorry. Right, right, right. But this guy, I mean, he is like. Oh, check him out. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Uh-huh. And he makes these videos. Uh, it's very like hip hoppy <laughs> and great cuts. But I did a video of his place, uh-huh. you know, and like I hit him up recently. He did a video for Eater on TikTok. Awesome. And it's just really great to be part of the network of and that like, community. Yeah. Korean food people in America. And and um, I think I think Korean food has definitely arrived. You know, it's for definitely sure. a big deal. Um, people love it. Thanks to pioneers and trailblazers like yourself. Thank I mean, you. yeah, Please. I don't know if I'm a trailblazer. I think I'm more just a documenter. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people like Roy Choi and... Um, Beverly Kim in oh, Chicago, David Chang. Dave Chang. Those guys are the ones that are actually cooking the food. I just talk about it and eat. You know, still essential, man. As a team. Yeah, effort. I mean, I got. I'm like, I have the laziest. <laughs> it's so much easier. I'm like, you know, like a sportscaster. You know, uh, the guy. <laughs> you know, like Mark Jackson or whatever. Those, all those guys. All those. They, have, they don't get. They get to <laughs> criticize and talk about all the about the sports players all the time. They don't have to do it anymore. You know, they're either retired. Ch- you know, Charles Barkley is all. Like, oh, the Lakers are, are done. I'm like. Yo, you know, he's over the hill, right? He's gone. Oh, but he doesn't gosh. care anymore. And no, that's basically me. I'm basically Charles Barkley. Awesome. You man. know, you're at like the top of the pyramid, like in psychology <laughs> that we learn, like self-conceptualization <laughs> at the peak. And, and you know, I think um, it's it's definitely it's it's great. And, and mm-hmm. it was great up until the beginning of this pandemic. Of course, know, things got really, really bad. And mm-hmm. it's been um, really sad to see a lot of long you know long time korean restaurants closing um yeah recently you were on the beverly sundubu right yes beverly yeah. sundubu um closing after 34 <laughs> years uh, i mean that was one of my favorite restaurants yeah they had the, like the green peas in the pop right they, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh. i love that like i know it's like a little thing but people are gonna be like, what the f- no. but like those are the little things i always looked forward to like nowhere else like and my favorite thing about Lurungji, like come on yeah man. my favorite thing about that restaurant was like you're sitting on these wooden like, trucks, yeah. you know, and they got the, You're the right tables there. are tree trunk so cut out. Yeah, Straight super up. rustic. I'm like, I don't even know the <laughs> amount of germs that get stuck in that thing. But but the food was incredible. It felt super homey. And, um, Agreed. And, you know, the owner's daughter, JJ, she, mm-hmm. she emailed me first and she was like, hey, I just want to let you know we're closing. I want you to yeah. be able to tell that story. And Awesome. It's cool that it's cool, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's also sad. really yeah. sad. Um, yeah, so it's a tough time. I, I really hope that Korean restaurants do come back. For sure. Um, yeah. Then, I guess, like, at this time, then, like, what are your plans or your hopes or goals, I guess, coming, like, of course, this year is concluding, but then, like, you know, looking forward, I guess. Are there any, like, plans right now or, like, anything, like, in the books or that, like, you want to pursue or anything like that? I mean, you know, I'm at a point in my career where I'm constantly – evaluating you know how much how much longer am i going to be able to do this wow you know and um i'm hoping i could do it forever i mean Come you on, can man. eating and writing and talking about food is doesn't require um that much Hey, physically Jonathan Goldman I mean RIP but come on. <laughs> if he could come on well no but he he went hard and he didn't oh, take yeah. care of his body you know and Clearly, yeah. I I don't plan on doing that you know <laughs> I've been I've been really act- I would stop you before you ever got the even- hot and I wouldn't remotely close to I don't, as big as I was. I have this rule where like I don't buy that much clothes uh-huh. like if I stop fitting in my clothes then that's how I know I'm like oh Hey, all you people who want to lose weight, no take or like control your weight. That it's is hard. That is that that is a good way to do it. Though. And like it is know, hard. I've been um, cycling a lot mm. the, uh, during the pandemic. I started. Mm. I picking up road cycling. I'm awesome. one of those spandex awesome, guys. Awesome, man. You know, I just like spandex showing off crew. my sexy legs, really, and getting them really tanned. Um, <laughs> and let's be real, y'all. Y'all were thinking the same thing, man. When you signed up for cycling, all you cyclists out there. No, I used to. I used to think when I was. You know, driving, I was like, those guys are right? idiots. <laughs> Tools right? or and, something. And now that's me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Come I hate Full it. circle, bro. I hate it. But, uh, uh, yeah, so that's been really, really great. Awesome. I've been losing a lot of weight doing that. Awesome. But more importantly, just being healthy. Of course. You know, like Health athletic. is wealth. And um, so, but plan-wise, I mean, you know, my wife and I wanted to, Rochelle and I wanted to have um, as much travel as possible before mm, we had kids. Of course. Um, my favorite activity. So now that I'm in my mid-30s, most mm-hmm. of my friends 
all have kids. Uh-huh. You know, they're stuck. And, oh, you don't even know the pleasure of giving all your friends FOMO. Oh, it's the best. Best. And this is what I needed to hear about. No, no, no. Okay, I'll tell you something right now, okay? Now, first of all, you need to get married. It's oh. a good thing. <laughs> Traveling with your wife is absolutely the greatest thing in the world. I've traveled so much. I've had the pleasure mm. and and I've I've been able to travel, but once Rochelle and I got married, we took off almost a month for our honeymoon. Like we went to Thailand. Oh. And we went yeah, dude. we went all over. Yeah, you know? went. <sighs> yeah, we were in Phuket, we went to Bangkok, wow. Chiang, Chiang Mai. You guys just like an Asian tour basically, huh? No, we just just Thailand tour. Thailand you know? tour all throughout. And it was like it was incredible to be able to travel together. Um, explore the country. Yeah. I, I, I did the, um, my favorite, probably my favorite day was when almost every day we rented a motorbike. So I was like, that is so sick, man. Yeah. Which I heard is psychotic. Like, <laughs> people in Thailand are like, how are you alive? You know, like it's so scary. And I'm like, I'm fine. You know? <laughs> Still here. But my, I remember Rochelle had never been on a motor, like a two wheeler. Oh my gosh. She was like, ah! she was so scared. But that's we like- went on a five hour ride through the jungle, you know, just like riding. You know, you're all yo. Through. Never forget that. You know probably. how you fill up your tank, dude? How they have on the side of the road in Thailand? They got these um used whiskey bottles. Don't lie, bro. No, I'm not kidding. And then they're in these. They're like in some these, like Jameson, like just straight yeah, up bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like, and they're all clear, and they're like on the side of the road, and you got to pull over, you got to open up your thing, and then <laughs> no you, way, and that then, is that's so how they hold the gasoline, way. and they're like fifty cents or something. I forget. Yeah, that it's, sounds like a movie, man. It was amazing, <laughs> and so it's like, oh, you know, like traveling with your wife is so much better. So mm. recently, you know, last now it's been uh, almost a year but last wow. november yeah we went to europe for two weeks and went to spain and Oof. paris and dublin portugal it was like and Oof. people literally looked were looking at our social media going like who are you guys <laughs> you know like and it's not like we spent that much money we did it wasn't like cheap. Well, i mean you guys planned it all of course we planned yeah, it all we did it right cheap. yeah you gotta spend no matter what but, but i was like all my married friends with kids they were just like <laughs> Can't do anything, you know. We can go to Disneyland. Oh man, jealous you know, to the max. That, and that that's that's so that's been a bummer, but this year we're already planning um before the end of the year we want to take an epic US road trip because we're oh. like we can't go outside of the country. Right. Okay, then you, yeah, might as well then yeah. So our plan right now is to go visit um my sister in law Jenna. Her boyfriend lives in Arkansas. Ooh. So we how wanna, far is that? Sorry, like I'm trying to like I think, think it's twenty four my- hours of driving. So it's like a full day, like no matter. So are you guys just gonna pull out all nighter? I no. Are you guys gonna dangerous. stop? Oh, that's yeah. dangerous, right? Yeah. We'll probably so. just we'll probably stop in like Albuquerque. Oh, okay, yeah. And nice then place sleep, to there, sleep there, yeah. And then just you know check out the off. Breaking Bad house. I don't know what we're gonna do in the ABQ. ABQ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then drive through. You drive through Oklahoma, and then you get to northern northern Arkansas. Dude, that's gonna be awesome, man. And do that, and then maybe go to New Orleans. Ooh. Um, which I haven't been to New Orleans since pre-Katrina, like. I went Yo, there. that's like what? Back in 08? No, it was 04. Oh, f- yeah, Ooh. or 05 or something. Yeah, so 15 years ago, I went with my Jeez. dad. Jeez. So we're, we're thinking either mm-hmm. either New Orleans or like Memphis or something like that. For sure. But just like do the great American road trip, you know, that awesome. kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Man. Um, and travel because I think we're going to start trying to have kids um, Ooh, next ho, year. Ho, yeah. ho, praying for that. So, Lord willing or Lord, <laughs> you know, depending on his plan, you know. And this is an interesting thing. Like my my, my old pastor Adam, <laughs> mm-hmm. he he came over. Um, he lives in Seattle now, but he came to visit us a couple of weeks ago. Adam Johnson. Sorry, Adam Johnson. Great. Yeah, oh, I love that guy. Man. He's great. Everybody loves that guy. Come on. Man. So he came over um, to our house and we were mm-hmm. talking, and then we sort of talk. We're talking about having kids, and he has like a one year old. Yep. And. Um, and then he, he he just gave us this weird talk, you know. It was a it was an interesting talk to get for, as a married couple. Like okay. he also married us, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. So yeah, counseling. close, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've known him for like of course. Well, over 10 real years. Good, good but he was like, you know, just so you know, just just know that it's 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 on God's time, you know. And it's, people like to when they try to start having kids, it's as a couple you try to like make it about what you can control, ah. you know, and like how you can conceive mm. and 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 all this stuff. Not that I've ever tried, but like it. And then he was like, "Just leave it up to God." That's not the point, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's the point is to and release I was like, control. Yeah. He's even making. I was having sex about like, <laughs> you know, 
about like trusting in God. Like that's amazing. Oh my God. That's a that's a really cool pastor move. You know, like and it was also kinda in the end I was like, that's really it's it's even worse. It's even worse than no. like when your parents are like Oh of course. Oh, so when are you gonna have kids? I'm like thinking, you know that every time they ask us like, so when are you gonna do it? No you know? matter what, that's it, the first thing. It's a, it's really funny and um Oh that's and hilarious. so it usually for both parties, like for both your parents and yourself, like whenever you start talking about like when are you gonna have kids conversation like it, it cuts off real quick because i think everyone comes to the realization it's like I th- everyone know i mean everyone <laughs> knows how that happens so you don't have to really encourage it you know not at all like it's just <laughs> it's just this hilarious subject and um now that rachel oh. and i've been married for three and a half years yeah. just certainly much you know my parents are like yo you guys gotta get on it you know like you're just having way too much fun and i'm like I tell my parents. They want to be grandparents ASAP. Oh, yeah. Right? And they though, already yeah. are. Michelle, yeah. yeah, yeah but, my sister but, yeah, had a baby. And but still, from you, yeah. I know. And they they want a Kang. <laughs> so um, so then my, my thinking is like, but you don't understand how much fun we're having. We're traveling and doing our own thing and making all my friends jealous. <laughs> you know, going to Vegas like every two months, it seems like. <laughs> Stuff uh, like that. And and so now I think the Lord is is, is going like, no. You know, it's time to have kids. Mm. And I always, I never thought about children as like something where God will teach you something. Oh, I see. Um, but I remember I had this conversation with my, uh, my, pa- my, my current pastor of my church, Elliot. Because I was kind of talking to him about like, you know, I feel like the world is kind of a terrible place right now. You know, like you think about the political situation the pandemic the economy the climate i mean we're we can't breathe the air why do we want to bring children into this (laughs) world wow i never thought of it like that oh i think about it daily like literally because because i think to myself i'm like my children my children's children are gonna be way worse (laughs) off than me like they will not live Preach a better it, life than me. Preach it, no, because like my nope. parents, you know, our parents come to this, come to this country to have a better life and for, for their children, of course. Which hey, thanks, mom Thank and dad. You. Exactly, y'all hooked it up. I had a great, I had a pretty good existence. <laughs> but like, I'm thinking, your kids, my children are screwed. They're gonna, they're gonna be wearing face masks till the end of time. Homeschooled. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna. Zoom teach, you know, be taught on Zoom. Oh my gosh, what a um, they'll they'll never have the same experiences I did. And 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 I remember Elliot was like, "That then you just have no faith that God God is good, you know, He's in control and that He's God is the one that you, you don't have kids so that I guess it, it made to me I was always thinking about kids like okay something you just deal with and you just do yeah you know but in a way when you have children it's like you saying like God I trust you are really in control, you know, of not just my, our family and this life, but like, but like of society and our, you know, this world that we live in that even if it seems like climate change is going to destroy this planet and Donald Trump is going to destroy America (laughs) and, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, all these protests and whatnot, Yeah, man. like ultimately it's a declaration of like, okay, Lord, we trust you, you know? And, I think even Korean immigrant parents don't think about that. You know, it's not like we just think, oh, put our kids in church and they'll be fine. You know, like the, the church's responsibility to create Go responsible Christians. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but in fact, it's ultimately up to God, mm, you know. And amen. and if we trust him and if we, I think if we obey him, um, then our children will be fine, you know. Amen. And so I think that's, that's sort of been weighing on me and I'm like, all right, I feel like the Lord is, it's just too many people telling me the same thing now. You know, we do, I do. And, and of course, like Rochelle really wants to have kids. I, I do want to have kids. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know? I just happen to really like my lifestyle too. You know, <laughs> thank you for being honest and admitting that because, and I think most dads especially will tell you like, look, they love their kids, but like, dude, let's be honest. Yeah. It's tough. It's hard. No, and it's 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 a it's a job you will never be able to quit, you know, ever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that's kind of where I am right now, you mm-hmm. know, with with my family life and just with my career and, sure. and everything. And um, 
I think in a year from now, I'll probably, I'll probably will be ready. You will we'll have a kid on the way for sure. You know, so not, not, I'm just going to thinking, I'm just going to be thinking about all the <laughs> things I must do, all the experiences and travel and f- restaurants and everything I must do before I literally become shut in, you know, <laughs> and I'm just going to be, I don't even know. I'll just, I have to accept my fate, you know? You have to turn the page. You can't <sighs> keep reading the same page, right? Yeah. That's fine. Wow. I'll man. deal. <laughs> Definitely. No, you will, man. Okay, for sure. I mean, geez. I mean, at that last part just about, like, just the impact everything has had and just, like, where you're at right now, Um, I guess the only thing I guess left to say for or ask you is, like, if there's anything else you'd like to leave with our audience, just, like, speaking... um from your position and just like where you stand in society and whatnot, just like speaking to, I guess, not just the youth, but anyone who may be um, kind of like struggling, how do you say it? Struggling to release control, right? Struggling to accept that God is in control because of, you know, what the news is saying, what is social media is saying and with all these, like, you know, like you said, protests, movements and whatnot. Um, so yeah, is there like a kind of like a, could you go, kind of give us like a final message i guess to the people i guess a word of encouragement or just something that you know yeah you you feel in your heart that you want to share i think one of the things that i i'm constantly asked about is like how did you become you you know how did you become definitely food writer person and like it's not like i ever aspired to it you know that's what's crazy yeah i know and and it, it happened i think um it's it's god's blessing that that you know, I was able to use something that I was truly passionate about. And I think I, if I was to tell a young person, you know, young people have so much anxiety about what they're going to do. And, you know, you too. You're like, well, what am I going to do? Like, whatever, you know. Oh, and man. I think it's funny because um, I haven't thought about that for a long time. I haven't had anxiety about what I'm going to do. I just, just you know, I... Damn, you wake up and you just I think for me pursuing food and pursuing restaurants became about telling great stories. Mm. I think I didn't think about that at first, but now I realize that I'm a storyteller. Definitely. And there's something wonderful about being a storyteller because you are thinking about people, mm. you're thinking about the narrative, you're thinking about how how's God related to that story, you know? And I believe that there's some sort of parallel career or parallel job or purpose that's in, in everything in life. You know, let's just say you're a nurse. Like my wife, Rochelle is a nurse. So she goes to work and she has to do very difficult things, you know, take care of people who are on the verge of death. Uh, she has to clean bodies. She's on the front lines. You know, yeah, she's clean. She's exactly. She's on the front lines, and it's extremely difficult, and 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 backbreaking, and demoralizing. Mm. But I always tell her, I'm like, you are an agent of healing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and and so you are yes. a nurse, and you have to wipe butts, and you have to, <coughs> you have to, you know, do nasty things sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to nurses, to, man. Oh, dude, I don't even want to know. Oh, you know? my gosh. And But then I have to constantly remind her, I'm like, you are a healer, you know? And that's what I pray for her, like, when my parents are praying for her. Awesome. And it's, like, an incredible encouragement because ultimately, like, that's hopefully that's what you walk away with. Whatever your career is, if you're a podcaster, then you then you are a chronicler, you know? You are a person who um, gets people to evaluate, like, what's really meaningful and purposeful in life and what's going to bring glory to God or whatever. And... And I think um, every surface career or job or whatever endeavor has a, a, a deeper meaning, you know. And I think if you find out what that is and that makes you passionate, like, you won't worry about what's coming next. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, like, how am I going to afford this or how am I going to pay for this? I not- believe that those things come, you know. And, um, yeah, that's been... That's probably my big takeaway. Wow. Um, and, you know, and, and ultimately, like, make it about, make whatever you do about people, <laughs> you know, and just make, if you, 
if you make connections, I'm a people person, you know, I yeah. love um, relationships and, and, and developing them and building them and for what they are, not, not for what they can give me, you know, I don't care about that. Like if, if I can connect and um, do something great in somebody's life, then that's enough for me. That's very mystifying to Rochelle because she's a little more introverted and she's always like, why are you talking to them again? And I'm like, I just like, I like it. You know, I like connecting and making, you know, meeting yeah, people, personality, and, yeah. you know? And Who so I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Um, where I got to do and be what I am today. Um, I'm constantly thankful. Um, you know, I think this is a, it's a really uncertain to certain point in our time right now. I, it reminds me a lot of 10 years ago mm. uh, or 11 years ago with the last Crisis. economic yeah. recession. And back then I was much more of a mess than I am today, <laughs> you know, like I kind of skipped over it, but you know, I had a, like a, a rough patch there. I was, I was engaged. I met a, a woman and we ended up breaking up and mm. traveled the world alone just to try to find healing mm. or whatever. And it was this time of isolation. And so I understand that now we're at a point where um, a lot of people are probably um, really worried and Definitely. anxious. Um, and uh, we should be so blessed. You know, we have, we have a source of, a cure for the anxiety, you know, um, we have, a something we can be grounded on, you know? And I think that's what is, has been probably one of my ways of conveying the gospel to people, you know, because people always ask me like, how do you, how are you so sure? Positive, you know, or positive, whatever. Like, and it's not like, when I talk to people, when I talk to my close friends mm. and I just go like, I, I, I believe it. We're going to, you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to be, we have, I believe that my life is in God's hands, mm. you know? And I think that's a strong thing to convey to a non-believer or somebody who's struggling, For you know? Sure. Um, yeah. I had this long road trip with one of my writers, uh, Bill. We went up north doing an assignment, uh, and we were stuck in the car and we were talking. And he's a, he's a long time atheist, you oh. know. Very, um, his family was extremely like uber religious and kind wow. of, he just was very burned by the whole notion of God in his life, and I think what that time it was like the first time in a long time i felt like god was kind of going like this and just going like hey you know just represent um you know the the work that i've done in your life and just 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 show that and it was very it's very strange because this gentleman he's a lot older than me uh -huh. you know he's seen a lot more in his life mm. he's been through more he can almost be my dad he's definitely <laughs> old but for me to talk to him Mm, in and a manner, he, in that manner. Yeah, and encouraging. I think he was probably really strange because most of the experiences he's had with quote-unquote religious people was very much about you're doomed or, you know. You're wrong, I'm right. You're basically. wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and, and I think what I thought was really interesting about your podcast was that, you know, spirituality is is so much deeper and richer than just like, don't do this. Yes. You shouldn't do this. This yes. is bad. You know, because I think that's just so um, basic. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's how we think as people. Um, I don't think that's, those are the moral issues that are presented in front of us are always like, well, that's clearly wrong and that's clearly right. It's a lot murkier, you know, and I think, as people, we're always quick to condemn. We're always quick to judge. And that's just like part of our nature. Of course. But like I think as um, if we want to be agents and people who um, reflect who God is, then I think we should be real with our own struggles and yes. not judge or condemn, but just share how um, the gospel has 
given us a sense of um, assurance mm-hmm. and confidence um, and has brought us this sort of sometimes difficult to define uh, sense of purpose. Yeah. You know, and I think that that speaks to me in our, in our American society very loudly, you know, because everything in, in pop culture and everything around us is very dismissive. It's very yeah, pessimistic. I but I think if we can be like, no, you know, we have this confidence, we have this otherworldly sort of um, faith, essentially, <laughs> then, um, then I think that's very confusing to um, this world course you know uh so yeah that was an interesting experience for me because you know it's even with my spiritual condition in the last six months you know we haven't been able to go to church mm-hmm. we haven't been able to fellowship of course nothing's it's normal. been you know and i it's definitely a, a situation where it's, it's isolating yeah um but that that opportunity sort of like woke me up again going like there's always chances to um, to be who you are and be where God placed you, you know, in those times. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, I have a lot of different things that I want to work on in the future, you know. Like one of the things that I've always dreamt of uh-huh. was of writing a book about um, the spirituality of food. Mm. Um Kind of like literally soul food, like the soul yeah. of food. Well, literally, yeah, right? because I, I do believe that the Bible in particular is, you know, God God created food and uses food to, uh, I think, show show us what He's like. Oh yeah, you know, because I think, um, you know, food is when done well, when it's pro- procured from great sources, is delicious, and yeah. there's something that's ineffable. And wonderful about delicious you know you just can't think about it. there's not even that many words in the english language no. <laughs> i mean there's <laughs> yummy <laughs> delicious and mm, tasty mm, it's yeah. not even a word but yes but you so, know i mean and yeah. i think that and and that's why like so my favorite you know sort of phrase in the in the bible is always like taste and see because i think uh. you know i think there is something amazing about tasting you know and i love thinking about um how when we experience God, we just taste. Because tasting is so different than when we see something or hear something, which are all, you know, I believe sensory aspects of how God relates to yeah. us. Tasting is a, is a weird one. You yeah, know? man. That's a different, complete you know, They didn't do that sense. in Sunday school. They'd be like, yo, dude, just taste this honey. You know, taste that sweet honey. Teacher you know? Matt, teacher Matt. What no, I know. It's like very sensual and weird, but like, but I think that there's yeah. something palpable about how we, when we experience Definitely. God, sometimes you just can't, it boils down to tasting. You know, did you taste Amen. him, you know, and his goodness? So like, I, I've definitely thought about exploring that um and 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 convey and relating that uh because i think to me food is always something that you if when you're passionate about it and you you're into it and you like eating good food and you find good food yeah then it it's this infectious thing and i think that spirituality is similar amen you know what i mean yeah, there's some, metaphorically in that sense right yeah. yeah so um yeah and that's something i I've always looked into, you know, I no plans to go to seminary yet, you know. My parents are like, when are you going to go get your MBA? I'm like, I'm not going to get an MBA. <laughs> Screw that. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, as I get older, middle age, and start having children and family, like, get more that's time one of the you. impact things I, w- I would love to make. Awesome. And, you know, more than K-Town, like, hey, Korean <laughs> food's good, but, you know, there's more There's more than just uh, that. Of course, man. Yeah, Looking forward to, to that. Yeah. Praying for that for sure. Then, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. I guess um, we have this fire round um, uh-huh. of questions that we do. Um, just answer as many random questions as possible. So if you don't mind, let's get no into problem. that. All right. Okay. First question. The worst food that you have ever tried or dish? Oh, this is. 
I've had a lot of bad foods. <laughs> then, like, I guess, uh, first one that comes to mind, I guess. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. If you all well, are seeing this. Well, I mean, okay, well, I try not to have bad food. Of course. So, when I have bad food experiences, I tend not to think about that. <laughs> you know? Sorry to uh, uh, bring this back up. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's okay. You know what? It's not even a bad food. I remember the first time I had stinky tofu. Oh. Which is not inherently bad it's actually really good really the first time i had i said it was funny i was actually with jason um, <laughs> jason chow right jason chow uh-huh. and uh we were in college at the time and i think i think he was like on a date with somebody that i knew not hannah uh i can't <laughs> Sorry, remember hannah. actually I, I actually don't remember i, mean, I might be to- completely misremembered. okay but, but the point is that we uh-huh. had stinky tofu together, uh-huh. and he's taiwanese and so he was like oh like so good stinky tofu i was like all right so I remember having a bite and like if you've never had stinky tofu, it's basically nope. fermented uh tofu that is at first extremely pungent and oh. just it is like another level of ratchet. Like, like I, dank. Like dank. It's just <laughs> so dank and, 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 and so intense and, and it's so aromatic that oh. these like it's almost like charcoal like burning through your sinuses oh. of of grossness, <laughs> you know. And I remember I the first it. bite, I literally wanted to gag and just throw Wow, up. it was like that, huh? Well, I mean, that's what I that's what my mind was saying. Or else my body was like, Come on, this is food. Like this my is, body. This, this is somebody's food, you know. And, of course. and it was at a restaurant. Mm. And I so I took a bite, I was like, Oh, that was awful. <laughs> And then I took another bite, and it was this like stir fry of like vegetables. Uh-huh. So it had the other stuff in it. Of course. And I was like, that wasn't that bad that time <laughs> around. I kept eating it, and I was like, Sorry, growing on you. Oh. I mean, even to the end, yeah, I wasn't like that was amazing. You yeah. know, it was definitely bad, but it it burned my consciousness in a different way. Wow. You know, kind of opened up, unlocked like new. <laughs> neurons that i didn't know were there new thoughts yeah i was just like whoa you know it was sort of like uh i don't uh, want to say but it's sort of like a like a new drug you know and it just kind of it wakes you up oh so it, i i think stinky tofu is definitely one of the world's most interesting foods for sure uh, i do eat it now i have no problem with it um but that first experience though yeah, that first time oh it was rough all right then i guess <laughs> to make it more to make you feel better what is the best dish or one of your favorite dishes that you've ever tried because oh, wow. i know you've tried so many i know you that's even a more difficult yeah question. so then give me how about this no i'll make it recently easy for you. yeah i'll okay, make it easy yeah. for you i mean i think to me i'll just say my favorite thing to eat is always um a great korean soup mm, um, like a jjigae or like a kook yeah, Jigae or Kuk uh-huh. is great. Um, Yukejang is like Oof. definitely my all-time favorite, you know? Oof. And I still have not had a version that I have deemed perfect. Really? You know, so I, you still haven't found no, the I one? Haven't, I haven't found it. And I don't know if there is, but it's sort of like <laughs> I'm always going to be searching for it because I think it's such a simple dish. Of course. But like I would love, like, I don't know. I want to talk to David Chang about this <laughs> Make me the most perfect Yukejang ever, you know? Uh-huh, you probably uh-huh. can't. I don't think he's capable of it, but like I would I think that's to me, because it's it's this spicy mm. Korean beefy dish. You know, oh, it's yeah. extremely beefy, so but rich. like it has a complex spiciness, you know, spicy, like it can be really hot or it can be kind of hot, it's sort of so chilly. chilly, it's layered. And then you got all the texture, right? Oh. To me, I love the textures, you yeah, know. Yeah, man. The kosari and the <laughs> uh, all the you know the kind of crunchy stringy things Things. even the beef can be stringy the kyoran yeah yeah so there's sort of i think to me and then you 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 sort of dip i remember the first time when i was young i ate this dish and i would just dump the whole rice in there (laughs) some like ajuma got mad like what you know you can't put all the rice in there i was like okay fine (laughs) jeez it doesn't matter. It does but, not matter. <laughs> yes, but but you know, there's I I learned that there's artfulness, you know, to enjoying mm, every bite and putting what, a little bit of yep. rice and having it soak in there. So that to me is still ultimately the food that I uh, that makes me really happiest for sure um, when I eat it. All right, great, great answer, Ken. Um, then next question is the worst piece of advice you've ever received. Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh... Again, like bad foods, I tend not to listen to that <laughs> advice. Um, you know, like 
I don't even know if this is like advice, but I would say when you're young, people always tell you like, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Don't do (laughs) drugs or don't whatever. It's like, that's terrible advice because everyone always wants to do what they're not allowed to do. I, if I have kids and my kids like, yo dude, dad, I'm I'm a, I'm a smoke a J right now. Like, yo dude, I'll light it up. Let's get high together. Wow. And I know you're going to hate it. You know, and I think let him bad trip. No, no, I love it. No, because I think I think ultimately we we're always told what not to do, and I don't think that teaches you anything. I Mm. think we should experience things, whether they're not ideal or ideal. um, Just see what's out there, and I think you can define your own limitations. You know, sure. I think alcohol is an interesting one. Like you know, I I remember like people like don't drink. You know, drinking is evil. Okay, you know, that's ridiculous. That's extremely ridiculous. Sound like Bobby Boucher's mama. Dude, <laughs> drinking is the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, and I, I definitely enjoy alcohol. I have, like, I like having drinks. Um, but you don't know your own limitations with regards to something that's dangerous inherently and, 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 and very addictive mm. unless you experience it yourself. Of course. You know? And I think you you find your own limitations and you go like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have mastery over this. I'm not going to let this thing control me. You know, of course some people that can't be the case they're they are alcoholics or they're whatever. And I think they need those guardrails. That's fine. Definitely. That's not a criticism. I know a lot of people that have that. It's no worries. But it's relative in that situation. But yeah, yeah, I think you can't know your own sort of what you're capable of and what you should avoid mm. unless you truly experience actually it. experience it. Yeah. yeah. Go through it. All right, perfect. Then um, last question that I want to leave off with you is your greatest accomplishment or feeling of, how do you say it, satisfaction? Um, you know, I think for, for me, when people reach out to me, when restaurant owners, especially and chefs, when they really thank me for telling their story, you know, for being able to um, get shine a light on what they're doing. Um, there's nothing better than that me because it's a picture into somebody else's life you know if somebody experiences like i I recently took photos for and helped edit a story about a balinese uh pop-up essentially wow this woman from bali i've been to bali before by the way really yeah okay that's a complete different conversation right well i went in 2009 Uh on my eat pray love like (laughs) tour and and so i went to bali and i experienced um the amazing culture and it's yeah. a beautiful place. And there was this woman who had come to LA and she started, she had lost her restaurant job and she started cooking Balinese food in her, mm-hmm. in her home kitchen in Hollywood. And, um, you know, she was like, there's Indonesians here in LA, but there's not that many Balinese. And I wanted to make food from Bali. Um, and so we told her story and then we wrote a story about it. And like, she just blew up, you know, she wow. got super popular. She already had a good following, uh-huh. but like, but that just took it to another yeah. level. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when she reached back out to me, she was like, thank you so much. Like, blah, blah, blah. We owe you. And I'm like, you don't owe me anything. Like I just, I'm happy, you know, because I went to Bali and I know how great Balinese food is. I'm so thankful that you're here cooking that food in LA, you know, and, and preparing it for people. Um, and that happens every day, all the time. You know, and I think that's what definitely drives me, you know, and gives me, uh, you know, motivation every day. No doubt. Knowing that, like, hardworking people, immigrants, you know, people who are passionate about making delicious things, you know, and spreading that, spreading their culture, spreading their passion, you know, uh, and then providing a living, a, a living for them. Like that, that is a circle that will just ne- I'll never get tired of treading, awesome. you know, because um, as a food person, hopefully what makes you, what inspires you isn't how well you can flex on social media, you know, that's extremely idiotic to me, you know, mm-hmm. that you're just out there to like post it on your gram or, you know, become an influencer and all that crap. Like, I, I think that's really stupid, but if you have the chance to go out there and make someone's life better because of the story that you tell, then yeah, man. That's amazing. And then on top of that, like I, my next layer beyond that is always like, okay, when I talk to somebody about why something's delicious, mm-hmm. why something's 
soulful, you know? Then I get into like, that's when I sort of like creep in and start talking about spirituality and just like uh, God is, you know, like, cause I think that's, that's how we, we're in that moment. Where we're just like so satisfied. Then I'm like, yeah, like that satisfaction, like that's what we want, you know? So let me tell you about that. You know, let me talk about it. Let's elaborate let's, on let's that. Let's unpackage it. Exactly. And so, yeah, so that's, that's what really makes me happy. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I'm bummed. I, I should have made you some, something tasty. I'll make you, no, I'll give you hey, some wagyu beef. Y'all, I'm over here with some <laughs> chips and some, so I'm just kidding. Yeah. The fact that you let us use your space and just your time at hey, I, I know you have plenty of other stories and whatnot, but yeah. again, I think that like for now thank you so much like again for your time like yeah, it was man. truly like a blessing man and i'm excited for the book i'm excited for the little kings to come out yeah asap um yeah. but yeah um i will have matt uh matt's uh info his social media like all his plugs in the description um so you guys can go and check him out on there and follow him there but uh yeah thank you again matthew um for your time yeah it was a pleasure um, again, this is the Godsend Podcast. All right, God bless and see Peace you guys up. next time. Peace. I have to wash my hands now. <laughs> this over like this, like, like uh... yo, thank you again for tuning in. For more information on everything you just heard, please check out this week's episode show notes or head over to godsendpodcast.com. <laughs>